So as Pastor mentioned, we're going to be getting into a new series tonight uh, entitled Free to Be Fruitful. And it's a, a series on, on the topic of the fruits of the Spirit. And in getting into this, uh, we know that Jesus, and I've, I've mentioned this previously in a past service, that Jesus compares us to uh, uh, him being the vine and us being the branch. And Jesus says that, that we know that apart from him, we cannot bear fruit, right? It is, it is physically impossible for a branch to produce fruit on its own if it is separated. In fact, that branch will wither and die. So that means that if we are to bear any fruit in our lives, we must stay connected. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, stay connected. We need to stay connected to the vine. You see, the work of fruit bearing, the Bible says, is evidence that you and I are spiritually connected. It's evidence to us. Jesus says in John 15, verse 2, he says, each branch that is connected to the vine will bear fruit. He says they will bear fruit. So what kind of fruit should you produce when you are connected to the vine? Paul lists them in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22. He says this, he says, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. What is this fruit for? What is its purposes? Does the branch feed off of this fruit for it to survive? No, the fruit is for others to partake of. When you lead someone to the Lord, you are bearing fruit. We've talked about this previously. Proverbs 10, 21 says, the lips of the righteous feed many. The lips of the righteous feed many. Your words of encouragement are, are nourishment to someone else. Why? Because God's word is living. It is living, and it meets every one of our needs. You see, God has expectations of us to bear fruit in our lives, which brings us to our series text, which is in, found in John 15 and verse 16. And it says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. Jesus says these words, that he has appointed us to go and bear fruit. Turn to your neighbor and tell him he's talking to you. This is for each and every one of us. None of us are exempt. Why? Because if you are connected to the vine, you will produce fruit. So it's for each and every one of us. You see, you have a choice to make. Are you going to stay connected to Jesus Christ? Are you going to stay connected to the vine? 
Because only when you are connected are you going to receive the nourishment that you need in your life. But let's turn this verse around here. Because what if Jesus had said, I did not choose you, but you chose me. What would that mean to us? Well, in essence, what that would, what that would mean would be Jesus actually saying, I'm not bound to you. When the going gets rough, don't come crying to me. Why? Because you made the choice. You made the choice to follow me. So when you find yourself going through tough times, don't come to me crying about these situations. But how many are thankful that that's not what Jesus said? He said, you didn't choose me, I chose you. So what is Jesus saying in, in result of that statement? Well, he is saying that I promise to take care of you. That I promise to be with you. That I, that I promise to, to help you out when the going gets tough. I promise to, to, to fight your battles with you. What Jesus is saying is, we're in this together. We're in this together. You see, many times we think, oh, I'm all alone in this. Where's my help? Well, the Bible says your help comes from the Lord. That's where your help comes from. See, many times we search in people, right? We search in those maybe who are closest to us. And that's good to find encouragement. And that's good in those, in those certain times. But you need to make sure that you are connected to the vine. Because when you are connected to Jesus Christ, it is then and only then will he give you everything that you need in your life. See, tonight we'll be focusing on the first fruit, and that is love. I titled this message tonight, It's All About Love. Turn to your neighbor and tell them it's all about love. See, it was love that brought Christ to earth. It was love that he would work with the 12 disciples, even through all of their flaws and even through their deceit. See, it was love that led him to Calvary's cross to die for our sins. It was love that led Jesus here. A story is told of a young boy who was consistently late for dinner. One day his parents told him, you need to be on time. So sure enough, that night, he gets home later than ever, gets to the dinner table, takes a seat, only to find in front of him, in front of him was a piece of bread and a cup of water. The story says that the, the father, with his full plate of food, reached over, grabbed the boy's plate, replaced it with his own. The boy later said that when he became a man, that that demonstration from his father showed him 
what God is really like. And throughout his life, it was a remembrance to him who God is, how much God loves him through the act of his father. See, Jesus gave his own life for us. John 15, 13 says, there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. We gather tonight in celebration of Veterans Day. Those who have given their lives, those those who serve right now, who, who protect this country, who you may never even get to meet, and they'll, they'll never get to meet you. But they fight for you, and they sacrifice for you, and they do all these things for someone who they may never even get to know. It's selfless. We're able to experience the freedom today that we experience because someone else sacrificed. Someone else gave. 1 John chapter 4 and verse number 12, it says, No one has seen God at any time. It says, If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love has been perfected in us. Verse 20 says, if someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? See, if we have misconceptions about love, that means that we have misconceptions about God. That means that if we, don't understand, if we don't understand love, then we don't fully understand who God is. But on the contrary, if we learn more about love, we learn more about God. And so today I want to teach you a few things about love, but what I'm really doing is teaching you about... Someone finish it for me. If I'm teaching you about love, what am I teaching you about? God. Why? Because God is love. He is love. God isn't loving, right? He's not loving. He is love. Love comes from him. It isn't something that he got from something. Well, that's who he is. Love comes from him. Jesus speaks in John 13, verse 34. He says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. I had mentioned that it was love that led Jesus to work with the 12 disciples. Can you imagine all the things that he had to put up with with these 12 men? Can you imagine all, the, all the, the, the drama that they caused, all the bickering, all of this, uh, who is the greatest disciple, Lord? Remember that? Who is the greatest of all of us? Who do you love the most? And then you have his disciple that was backstabbing him. 
who was planning things behind his back, despite of all that Jesus had did for him. What a perfect opportunity to explain real love to them. See, Jesus says, love one another as I have loved you. Another great opportunity where Jesus, where Jesus was able to teach because he modeled, amen? He says, do as I do. Don't just, don't just do as I say, but do as I do. Jesus told them, you love as I have loved you. I think it really helps to put things into perspective when we look at our own lives and see how we have been loved and see how we have been forgiven much and see how God has been so patient with us. You know, it helps us to really put things into perspective with others. See, the world's definition of love acted out is nothing like God's love. Real love isn't based on how you are treated. It's easy to love those who are nice to you or to be good to those who are nice to you. It's easy. But God says, can you love those who are mean to you? Can you love those who talk about you? Can you love those who backstab you? Can you love those who hurt you? See, real love look, looks past the faults in others and even forgives hurts. 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9 says, Don't repay evil with evil. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Instead, pay them back with a blessing. That is what God has called you to do, and he will bless you for it. See, Jesus says, I went to the cross for you. Even though I knew what you were going to do, I still went to the cross for you. Even though, even though I knew what Judas was going to do, I still died for him. I did all this because I love him. He says, I did all this because I love you. Even though I knew that you would possibly reject me, I still died for you. I still love you. See, do you know that there will be people who will never experience God's forgiveness? Why? Because God doesn't love them? No, because they made a choice to reject it. They made a decision to say, I don't want that. You see, number one, love is a choice. You have to understand this, that love is a choice. Each of us make this decision. See, the world has painted this false image of love. It tells us that we can fall in and out of love like it's, like it's something of an accident, right? Today I'm in love and tomorrow I'm not. See, in the Bible, God commands us to love. So if the, if the image that the world has painted is correct, how can God command us to do something that we have no control over? Because love is a choice. 
God made a choice to love you and I. We read in our series text in John 15, 16, he said, you did not choose me, but I chose you. He said, I made a choice. It wasn't an accident. God says, we don't fall in and out of love. This is not how this relationship works. God says, I, have, I love you, and that is not going to change. I love you, and I will say the same yesterday, today, and forever. Love is a choice, but also love gives. What does that mean? That means that love does not expect back. It gives freely. Remember, I mentioned this before, that you can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. It is not possible. When you love someone, giving is a byproduct of love. Some some may say, well, I've been, I've been giving love for years, and, I've, and I haven't got anything in return. I've gotten nothing back. Well, can I shed some light? That's not what real love is in the first place. You see, we shouldn't be expecting anything back. Why? Because love is given freely. Love has no expectation of getting anything back. Why? Because love is, is, is you showing that person and expressing it and you giving them and saying, this is, this is love. This is love, how God has given to us. He so freely gives. Love doesn't seek its own, it's selfless. Do you ever wonder why so many people struggle in their marriages? Because you're dealing with live people. <laughs> it's a real person you're dealing with. This isn't Hollywood. This isn't, this isn't something that, that, that can be scripted. And if, and, if, you know, and if it falls out of line, then let's get back to the script. You're dealing with live people. And what you're dealing with is two individuals who each want their way. So you can only imagine the struggles when you are loving according to the world's love. See, but God says, when you, when you involve my love in that marriage, you're gonna have something totally different. You're gonna have a relationship that you've never encountered before. Why? Because you're going to have two people who are going to be giving freely. You're going to have two individuals who don't want anything back, but just want to express their love to the other. And it's, and it's, and it's this that takes place, God says, that, that, will, that will nurture, that will grow that relationship, and it will make your marriage strong. Amen? Amen? Don't seek your own way. See, real love gives without any expectation of want. We're talking about God's love. And love is 
undeserved. See, God loves you whether you like it or not. There's nothing you can do to make God love you less, and there's nothing you can do to make God love you more. God loves you. You can say the most right now. And the beautiful thing is that the Bible says he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So however much he loves you right now, he's going to love you tomorrow. After, after, you, after you slip up, God is still going to love you just the same. After you make that bad decision, God is still going to be loving you. Even though you had that bad thought in your head, God still loves you the same. You see, it does not change. Why? Because God is love. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4. I want us to turn there. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse number 4. I'll give you some time to turn to your Bibles there. If you have your phone, you can look it up there. I'm going to give you some seconds here. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, beginning in verse 4. It's a very familiar portion of Scripture. But I want you to follow along because I'm going to do something a little different here. The Bible, here Paul talks about love, and it describes God's love. But what I want to do, because we've come to the understanding that God is love, is this correct? Yes. I need to see some life. Is God love? Okay. So what we can do here, let's do this, if you could read with me as well. We're going to replace the word love with God. Following me? Here we go. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, beginning in verse number 4. It says, God suffers long and is kind. God does not envy. God does not parade himself. God is not puffed up. God does not behave rudely. God does not seek its own. God is not provoked. God thinks no evil. God does not rejoice in iniquity, but God rejoices in the truth. God bears all things. God believes all things. God hopes all things. God endures all things. God never fails. See, and this is something that brings a different understanding. I don't know if it did for you, but it did for me. Because when I replace it with God, because God is love, it gives me a, a, a really better understanding of who he is in my life, of who he is in this world, of who he is, uh, and, and, and understanding, understanding why he created everything in the first place. Why you and I are here Jesus says in John 13, 34, he says, love one another as I have loved you. He says, by this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. 
today, Veterans Day, we celebrate. What a perfect illustration of what God has done for us. Of the gift that he has given to us. Of the sacrifice that was made for you and I. What a great illustration. Why? Because it hits home for everyone here. I'm sure everyone has a family member who has served in the armed forces. I'm sure everyone has a friend or a loved one who has served in the armed forces. You understand exactly what I'm talking about when you hear that they have made a sacrifice. You understand what I'm talking about when I say that they were selfless. You understand what I'm talking about when I say that they had made a commitment. You understand what I'm talking about when I talk about uh, God's protection over your life and his covering. And when I talk about freedom, God has made a sacrifice for you and I. John 15, verse 16, in our text, Jesus says, you have not chosen me, and this is in the amplified version. He says, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, and I have appointed and placed and purposely planted you so that you would go and bear fruit and keep on bearing, and that your fruit will remain and be lasting, so that whatever you ask of the Father in my name as my representative he may give to you. You see, this is God's calling and instruction upon each and every one of your lives. God expects us to bear fruit. When you are connected to the vine, you will bear fruit. This is something that is, that is more than, that is more than a, a, a promise, but it's something that we can understand. You understand this principle. You go home and you see, you see a leaf that has fallen off of your tree. You see a branch that maybe broke off because of the high winds that we had. And you see the branch on that floor. That branch will not ever produce fruit again because it is no longer connected. In the same way, the same thing goes for us, church. If you are not connected to the vine, you will not bear fruit. But even worse, you will wither and die. This series, Free to Be Fruitful. The choice is yours. The choice is mine. Am I gonna choose to stay connected to the vine? Am I going to choose to allow God to prune my life in those times that need pruning? Am I going to allow God to do what he needs to do in order for me to bear more fruit in my life? Or am I going to kick and scream and say, God, you don't know what you're doing. I want to do things my way. Today, the choice is yours. You are free to be fruitful. God is calling you to be fruitful in your life. 
Church, let's stay connected. And let's show God's love. Let's show his love. See, the world has, a, has, an, has an understanding of what love is, but we need to bring the truth, amen? We need to bring the word of God and, and show the world what true love is. We need to show them what true love looks like in our lives, in our marriages, in our children's lives, in our grandchildren's lives, that in every generation, they will see God's love and they will see the fruit Why? Because we are connected to the vine. We are connected to the king of kings. Amen? We are connected to the real source. And we are getting nourished every single day we are receiving nourishment. But you need to stay connected. As every head is bowed, every eye closed tonight.